Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. All right. Well, welcome to the game of life and how to play it. Uh, We've been exploring this subject for the last three weeks. This is part four. And uh, we have two chapters in the book, The Game of Life and How to Play It, where I read these amazing chapters and I picked a couple of salient points that I want to bring to your attention uh, to discuss today. The first one is Catherine, or Catherine, (laughs) shoot, (laughs) the um, Florence Scovel Shin, who is the the, uh, I want to say artist. She's the person who wrote the book (laughs) that we're studying for this series. She was talking about the law of love in this section. And I want to go into that a little bit more. She talks about how the law of love is happening all the time. And love is God in manifestation. I love that. And it is the strongest magnetic force in the universe. Pure, unselfish love draws itself to its own. So the law of love. Now, this is something that was stated in the Bible. If, if you were brought up in the Christian tradition, not everybody here was, but if you were brought up in the Christian tradition, you might be familiar with the idea of uh, the commandments Uh, that we should love one another. And it's a great, it's, it's not just a commandment. It's actually more of a commitment on how we can commit ourselves to our spiritual life. If we tap into this law of love. So one thing is that a lot of people, including myself in the past, have used this I have used love um, as an excuse to either manipulate or, or, or uh, make people behave in a certain way that we want them to, instead of what she says in the book, just using it for pure, real love. And so you know you're doing, you're tapping into the, the universe or to the infinite presence of love when it is selfless and free from fear. It's basically an expression of giving yourself to the other person. And it's the joy of giving just in giving. There's no attachments. There's no hooks. There's no connections. There's no expectations that you're going to get anything back. It's just the pure joy of giving. And it doesn't seek to um, to, to demand something from the other person. It's basically an, an idea that doesn't criticize, it doesn't condemn. So it's a good barometer. You know, if you're looking at this, you're like, oh, I love this person. And then I am criticizing them and I'm condemning them. Or, you know, it's like, am I actually tapped into the truth of love? You know, do I, do I have an expectation that they'll behave in a certain way because I, I love them? 
So these are things to think about. And in the book, she talks about blessing your enemy, blessing your unkind neighbor, blessing uh, those people who may have done you harm. And basically to do good to people who hate you, to bless those who curse you, and to pray for those who abuse you. This is not the easy path, I just want to say. <laughs> but it is the path of the most reward for your soul and for your spirit. And um, it's it, what I recognize now, one of the, the most, one of the first really challenging experiences I had in my life was um, falling in love with somebody and then having them fall in love with somebody else. And um, it was really hard for me. I mean, my heart was broken and I was taking a class similar to this. And one of my, uh, there was a practitioner that I was seeing and she said to me, you know, the, the loving your ex and, and wishing, blessing them with their new person is actually the most freeing and loving thing that you can do. And um, I really had to work through a lot to get to that place. I just got to say, it was like something I was like, oh, okay, that sounds great. I'll just like go bless her. No, I actually had to like process through emotions until I could get to the place where I could finally bless my ex. And, and I do, I'm very grateful at this time, but I, 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 and there's so, there's so much reward in that for me. So just think about this. Is there somebody in your life that you criticize or somebody that you curse? Are there, um, is there anybody around you who maybe has like their hooks under you and you're just like, think about, can you get to a place where you could actually bless them? And so this is a spiritual practice. I mean, this is where we're like, oh, it's great to be a spiritual person in the world, but this is what being a spiritual person in the world who's doing their spiritual practice does. This is like, you, you, get the, you get the work. They don't have to do the work. You get to do the work because you want to experience the freedom. You want to experience the benefit of what it's like to bless the person who actually gets under your skin. Because that, it actually unhooks them from you and frees you in your life. And recognize that whatever you condemn in others, you also attract yourself. So if you're noticing that you're condemning things in others, you're like, do I really want to attract that to myself? In the book, she says, all disease, all unhappiness come from the violation of the law of love. All disease, all unhappiness comes from the violation of the law of love. Humanity's boomerangs of hate, resentment, and criticism come back laden with sickness and sorrow. And, and this is, you know, it's really, it, the more I learn about metaphysics, the more I recognize how true this is. Like if we really are interconnected with each other and we're part of one expression of the divine, that whatever I do to you, I'm doing to myself. So if I'm blessing you, I'm blessing myself. If I'm criticizing you, I'm criticizing myself. And, 
and any lots of studies on you know brain chemicals and and um, you know health and, and well being. It's like we actually release different chemicals in our body when we're hating, when we're stressing, when we're angry, and it literally affects our body and can cause disease, disease in our body because of our own, you know, what we're putting out there. Uh, and so the best revenge that you can ever have with anybody who has harmed you is that you live a life of joy, a life of love, and a life of freedom. That is the best revenge that you can get for anybody. And so think about that. Like, is there somebody that I'm, I'm really wishing harm to? And it could be somebody in politics. It could be somebody who's, you know, in the government somewhere. It could be somebody who's your neighbor who is a little unkind to you. You know, it's like, where, where am I feeling those hooks? Where am I not tapped into the law of love? Because when you send out real love, you'll receive real love. In the book, she talks about, uh, you know, I guess maybe the word namaste was not familiar at that time. 1925 is whenever she wrote the book. Uh, but she talks about how there's this exchange in India that people do where they recognize the divinity in each other. But she doesn't actually use the word namaste, which I think is interesting. But if, you, if you've heard that word and you don't know what it means... It means the, the divinity in me salutes and honors the divinity in you. And it's just such a beautiful blessing to, 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 to recognize that each and every one of us has divinity contained within us. We have our human expression, but, but the seed of who we are is divine. So I love that. So instead of cursing our enemies... What if we salute our enemies and salute the divine in them? And that may be, like I said, well, it's really easy for you to say, Abigail, that's really great. <laughs> but this is what I'd like you to do. Let's just do a little very quick brief practice for a moment. Think about somebody in your life who maybe is irritating you a little bit or a lot, or you feel some resentment. And I want you to just imagine them for a minute as a brand newborn baby. And just think about them. When they were born, they didn't have any resentments or any of that, any of the behaviors that maybe you're angry with. They were just a innocent, sweet little baby. And so when you see that little baby in your mind, Say to yourself, I salute you. I see the God in you. I honor you. I know that you are divine. And I am grateful for you. And then you can open your eyes. And so, so it's a lot easier to do when you imagine them as a baby. <laughs> Not so easy, maybe, if you imagine them as an adult. But that's just a little practice you can do to kind of shift within you that like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. To them. Yeah, I don't want to bless them. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe you could bless them as they're in their innocence. And know that every single human being, all the bad behaviors we do to each other 
That was all taught. None of it came inherently. All of us were taught the behaviors that do not serve. <laughs> That's stuff that we learned. So the next thing that she said that I think is really important and key here is that you can never receive what you have never given. Give perfect love and you'll receive perfect love. So when you've become a complete circle and you're no longer disturbed by the situation, you will have love or attract its equivalent. So are you willing to give forth the thing which you want to have? This is really, this, this point, like when I really got this point, I, I learned this a few years ago, like in a deep level. It was like, in order to be, if I want friends, I have to give friendship. If I want love, I have to give love. And so it's like, it's not, it's not the other way around. <laughs> it's like, we got to, we have to give something first and then we receive it. It's not you receive it and then you give it. And so that means that anything that you're seeking in your, your life, you have to take the first step. You have to, you have to courageously go out there and give the thing that you are seeking. So the next point that I think is really beautiful that she talks about in this, in this book is that you must be in harmony in order for the thing to, you must be in harmony with a thing in order to attract it. You must be in harmony with a thing in order to attract it. And she talks about money specifically in this chapter, which I think is a really good example, uh, is thinking about money no person, she says this, no person can attract money if they despise it. Many people are kept in poverty because they curse money. And they are, uh, they have contempt for, for, oh, that, it's always those rich people that blah, 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 or so-and-so because they're rich or, you know. Uh, if you curse rich people, then you will never be rich. <laughs> like you, you don't want to say hateful things to the thing you actually would like to experience in your life. You want to attract those things. You don't want to, you know, put that kind of energy. You have to be in a harmony with what it's like in order to have that experience in your life. And uh, so she also says that money is God in manifestation. Money is God in manifestation as freedom from want and limitation. And then she says, but it must be kept in circulation and put to right uses. Hoarding stops the flow and is a fear mentality. Well, money is good and beneficial, but if it's used for destructive purposes or it's hoarded, it brings disease and disaster and the loss of money itself. So follow the path of love and all things are added to you. God is love, God is supply. Follow the path of selfishness and greed and the supply vanishes. Follow the path of generosity and circulation and the supply multiplies. So basically giving opens up the process of receiving and the giving has to actually be made with love and cheerfulness. So not giving because you 
have to, or you feel forced to, or you are doing it because you, you know, feel obligated to be actually giving from a sense of joy and giving from a sense of, of generosity. There's an, there's an energetic in your body that, that the universe can, you know, is processed by the universe. And so when you're actually giving from that sense of joy and, and uh, you know, just, I, I guess that's it. Just giving from that sense of joy. That's what makes the world of difference right there. And a lot of us, uh, you know, like that's not how society teaches us. There's a lot of uh, giving because you're supposed to and you're, you know, required to. And it, But what about just giving for the joy of it and really surrendering to give in the joy of it? So the next point that she says, which I think is really beautiful, is she talks about following intuitive leads. Basically, Instead of allowing your job to be your supply, tune into God being your supply. Allow yourself to be open to the infinite universe actually being the source of your supply. So basically, there's a supply for every demand, and your spoken word releases that supply. In the Bible, it says, asking ye shall receive. Again, you have to do the first move. So you have to do the asking. And you have to know also that your supply is not your job, your spouse, your, you know, you have to realize that it's everything. God is everything. And it can come from anywhere. And it may come through your job. It may come through your spouse. But that person, place, or thing is not the actual source. The universe or God is your actual source. And so just tuning your mind to that awareness allows you to be open to it. So you get to think, okay, God is my supply. I am going to speak my word and I'm going to know that, that I am fully supported by the universe, right? And in particular, it's helpful to know like in what case you're looking for support, right? And say, okay, God, I need to pay this bill. I don't know how I'm going to get the money, but I lead it up to you to help support me in paying this bill, for instance. And then you say, show me if there's anything I need to do. Show me universe or God or spirit. Show me what I need to do. Do I need to do any actions? And this is what I do. I also add the words and make it blatantly clear. If I don't get the clue or the lead, like really just, just make it so clear that I'm like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, okay. You know, if you think you see a sign and you don't know for sure, you just say, can you send me another sign just to make sure I get like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And trust me, it will happen time and time again. Like the, the universe always, always shows up. I was uh, thinking, so there was a friend of mine and um, she had been praying for guidance in a particular decision. And she said, she was praying while she was driving. And she said, if I'm supposed to do this thing, God, I need you to show me a sign. Like I need it. I need a big sign. And she was driving down the freeway and literally saw a billboard that said, this is your sign. <laughs> Like, 
was, was probably like for, to advertise or whatever, but literally the billboard just said, this is your sign. And she's like, okay, then. Like, that's amazing. But that's how it works. You know, that's, that's how it works. Uh, any ideas on how to avoid confirmation bias? We'll have a, a conversation on that a little bit later. So, yeah. So I have I have had sign and sign and sign again in my life, and it's been so beautiful. And again, if I question it, I just wonder. You know, I just go, okay, God, give me a bigger sign, or let me know, make it blatantly clear, just over and over again. Like I. I, I don't know, am I just thinking this is my intuition or is it really my intuition? So one thing she talks about in the book, is she says intuition is a spiritual faculty that points the way. So it's just, it's just guiding you, right? Our intuition is just guiding us. Um, and we feel like doing, like we feel like doing something, but then our logical mind's like, I don't understand why you want to do that. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's the right thing to do, but then my brain is going, I don't know if it's the right thing to do. Uh, and and oftentimes it's like, why not just go with your intuitive hit? Like, why not just try it out and see what happens? You know, like, even if your your brain is like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. You just, just try it out. Just be courageous and go with it. I had another friend who was looking for uh, a house and uh, she told me this story. She was, she always had um, her and her husband were always like walking a specific route. Uh, and she was looking for this house and she described the house to the universe and she was looking, you know, online for the house and all this stuff. Um, and it was, it had, it was a specific house with like a wraparound porch that she wanted and she just couldn't find it. And one day while she was on a walk with her husband, she just got this hit to like walk down a different way, which they'd never done. They always walked the same path and she just walked down a different street in her neighborhood. And as she walked by, there was somebody putting a for sale sign up on a house that was exactly like she wanted it. Like it had that wraparound porch. And she ended up buying that house. <laughs> It's like, you just, you don't know, but you, but the universe knows, like God knows, spirit knows, it knows everything. It's got the whole picture. We only have a little piece of the pie, a little piece of the picture. And so what do we do? We ask for what we want. We know that God's spirit is the source of our supply and that it might supply it in ways that we don't expect it. So we have to pay attention and ask for signs. And when we ask for signs, and we use our intuition, we're guided to the next right and perfect step. One thing I know is that I might know what's at the top of the stairway, but I don't see all the steps, right? And I don't have to, I just need to see the next step. And then I need to see the next step. And then I need to see the next step. And that's how it goes. That's how, that's how this universal experience works. So in summary today, my favorite three points, the first one is talking about the law of love and remembering that love is God and manifestation and the strongest magnetic force in the universe. Pure, unselfish love draws to itself its own. 
So just remember, are you willing to bless those who have harmed you? Maybe try it out this week. And know that you can never receive what you have never given. So you give a perfect love and you get a perfect love. The second thing I thought was really so good is that you must be in harmony with the thing in order to attract it. And the third point is to follow your intuitive leads, recognizing and knowing that God is your supply. There is a supply for every demand. And your spoken word, as in your prayer or affirmation, is what releases this supply. So you have to ask first and then you receive. And recognize you have a special internal tuning fork that allows you to know what direction you're supposed to go. And it's called intuition. So intuition is a spiritual faculty that points the way. And with that, I am complete.